Hey, y'all, good evening. Good evening. I'm really a nice guy, according to my mother, but I, undoubtedly I'm, I'm mean, according to Kyle. So I will, um, I will let my mom know that when I see her next time and do that. Uh, five days of spring break? Excited? Yeah, so good. Hope you're ready. Okay. Ready for a good evening? Ready for a good evening? Okay, I'm going to give you some things to think about uh, tonight. And uh, first thing I want you to think about is time. I want you to think about time, okay? Every second... Two people die, okay? By the time you put your head back on your pillow tonight, if the Lord allows you to, could you die today, yes or no? If the Lord allows you to, another 150,000 people have taken their last breath, walked off into eternity, heaven or hell as we speak. Okay, so simple question for you, cross point. Do you care about those two people that just died? But a much, much, much tougher question. Do you care enough to do something about where those two people are going to spend eternity that just died? Because we sit here, two more people just died. And two more people just died. And too many times our minds as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ are focused on everything else but those souls that just took their last breath. Okay? We're focused on spring break. Okay? We're focused on a GPA. And the moment you die, God will not check your GPA. Your parents will, okay, but your God won't, okay? Um, we're focused on things. You call it March Madness. I call it March Sadness is what I call it. How sad it will be for a three-week period that some of you in this room will spend more time watching basketball than you will be sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ over a three-week period. In my senior year in college, we made the tournament. Big deal. We had never made it for eons of years at Auburn, Okay. Um, I cannot even tell you the score of the game that we played in. I can't even tell you who won it that year. I don't remember. And the moment I die, it doesn't matter who won it that year. Okay, and yet we're on focus on different things, but yet to those two people that just died, all that mattered was that cross right there. And who shared it with that person? Because you can be here one moment and gone just like that. I used to be a high school teacher. One of my boys, Brian, uh, had a learner's permit. He was driving his car in the mountains of Tennessee. Uh, he pulls into a convenience store. Him and his mother switch seats. They pull out into the mountains of Tennessee. Brian's in the passenger seat. A boulder rolls off the side of the mountain. Boulder lands directly in their passenger seat and crushes Brian dead instantly. Mother could look over. There's a boulder sitting in her car, and Brian is dead underneath that boulder. Okay? Now, I knew Brian was coming back to school next year. Uh, oh, no, Brian wasn't. Brian headed off into eternity. And the question is, where is Brian right now? Because he's still alive. He's just alive on the other side, okay? I live in Atlanta, Georgia, um, University of Georgia. Just about a year and a half ago, we had a couple, uh, we had some boys rock climbing. And uh, this one freshman boy was rock climbing with his, and his hand slipped. <clears throat> and he fell off the side of the cliff, but the cliff held. And when it held, he came down, he hit the side of that mountain, just dangler, dead as can be. 18-year-old boy, freshman, eternity. Just like that. I'm speaking at a sports banquet in uh, Montgomery, Alabama, and I told this story. When I, when I finished uh, the banquet, a lady walks up to me. She said, do you know the story you told of uh, the boy who fell rock climbing? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, that's one of our relatives. I said, really? I said, how are you doing? She said, let me tell you something. We miss this kid so much. He just had one of these personalities. She said he could walk into a room, the whole room would just light up. You know, it's one of those personalities. And said, we miss this boy so much. He just was such a light of life. But let me tell you something about that boy. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, in high school, he committed his life to Jesus Christ. Okay? Can teenagers get born again and saved? Yes or no? Yes. Can college kids get saved? Yes or no? Yes. Are you reaching them? Or are you letting them walk past you every single day on campus? Letting him walk past you during spring break in Daytona Beach. What are you doing? Okay, there's lives we need to walk into, okay, and share the truth with, okay? He committed his life to Jesus Christ in high school, shared his faith with everybody in high school. He went to the University of Georgia, witnessed to everybody at the university he could find at the University of Georgia. And as much as we miss this kid, we know exactly where he's at. Isn't that the hope we have as believers, right? You know, the hope is when we die, it's not a goodbye, it's a see you real soon, okay? We'll just catch up around the corner. You just beat me to the throne of God. That's all it is, okay? You just got there quicker than I did, okay? But we're going to have a meeting place up there, okay, one day. But I want to make sure everybody's going there because you can be here one moment and gone 
just like that. Um, just a couple months ago, I'm in the Atlanta airport, and I see the guys who are pushing the wheelchair. So I went up and started talking to these five guys, start witting these five guys. I tell the story of Josh, the boy who fell off the cliff. Um, one boy says, wait a minute. He said, I went to the University of Georgia. I know Josh. Josh was the neatest kid. He loved God. He loved Jesus, shared his faith. You know what? He said, I need to get back to what I used to do as a kid. I grew up in church, he said, and I've completely walked away from it. Did you see what Josh was doing? Josh was still speaking in people's lives, and he was what? He was dead. He was gone, okay? Think about that for a second. Josh was still speaking in people's lives. Why? Because he spoke with his life. I tell people all the time, I plan on speaking at my funeral, okay? Now, I don't plan on being there. I'll be long gone at this moment, okay? But I plan on speaking at it. Why? Because I speak with my life about Jesus Christ. I plan on speaking to whoever comes to my funeral one more time to do that, okay? Now, some guy heard me uh, one time, and he took me literal. He went home and recorded a DVD of himself speaking, okay? He said, I'm playing that at my funeral, man. He's going to speak to his group. I thought it was a good idea, you know, just something different. And, uh, but, you know, you're here one moment, and you're gone just like that. Um, this March right now is the two-year anniversary of the um, 9.1 earthquake over in Japan. But that 9.1 earthquake wasn't the big deal. What was the big deal? You know, those tsunamis. But if you keep up with the story, the story continues. Does anyone know what the big deal is now? It's the nuclear radiation. It's Fukushima. Uh, they're about to have a fourth reactor go down, and they're saying if the fourth reactor goes down, it'll be bigger than Chernobyl. Any older folk remember Chernobyl and stuff? I mean, it, it, it continues, but that was only two years ago, okay? One of the stories <coughs> out of, um, I was reading a Japanese website, actually, and I was reading a story about this husband and wife. They were in their house and heard the tsunami warnings go off. We're going to talk tonight about warnings. If you watch the YouTube clips, you can hear these sirens going off in the background, okay? Now, we'll get sirens here in Texas. We'll get them in Georgia as well, and we get sirens for what? Yeah, tornadoes. Okay, so when you hear the tornado siren, you have two choices to make, right? Go outside and enjoy the windy day, okay, or find the base clear, clearest basements you can find and get in that basement and get out of the way, right, when it comes through. But when you hear the siren, the warning, you have to make a choice, correct? Same thing. So when a doctor says cancer, heart attack, okay, um, school shooting at Virginia Tech means it also could happen where? Stephen F. Austin, that's exactly right, okay? So you get these wake-up calls, okay? But typically what we do with the wake-up calls, reach over and hit the snooze button and get back with our lives. And then God has to give us another wake-up call. Instead of just waking up and staying awake, okay, we have to do that. If tonight's your wake-up call, make sure you are awake and you stay awake, okay? They heard the sirens go off. They took off out of the house to run up to higher ground. All of a sudden, the guy said, wait a minute, the husband, I want to get something from the house, and he turned back around. That was the first problem, okay? What are you grasping so tight on that the moment you die, it has zero eternal value? What is it? Is it tickets to a Cowboys game? Is it, um, is it a dollar bill you're chasing after? Is it getting the right, this scholarship, whatever? What is it? Very simple statement you can live your life by. If it does not matter the day you die, it doesn't matter. Very I love nuggets of truth, and here's a good one. If it does not matter the day you die, it doesn't matter. It was a side issue when God warned you on the main issue, and the cross is the point of the main issue, okay? Whatever it is, let it go. Release it before it holds you back down, and you're not being the man or woman of God you're supposed to be, okay? Came back down to the house. That's when the tsunami hit, okay? Um, they never found his wife, never found her. Um, in one part of Japan, the tsunami literally went six miles inland, okay? So if you're at a beach on your spring break or the next time you go to uh, the beaches of Texas, think about that water. And, and, and a tsunami is not a wave. The whole ocean picks up is really what a tsunami is, okay? And that water literally going six miles inland. That's fascinating to think about, okay? But then what always happens to the water? The water does what? Yeah, it recedes back out. They found this man on the roof of his house. They found him, ready for this, 10 miles out in the oceans where they found the guy. A plane went by. They saw him on top of the roof. They sent a Coast Guard cutter. They picked him off the house. And when I was reading the article, this is the part that fascinated me. He said in the article, he said, I knew today was going to be my last day to be alive. Wait a minute. Daniel chapter 5 says, I as God hold your breath in the palm of my hand. Do you know you can't take a last breath until God says so? You cannot take a last one until God says so. I had a guy 
the stories in The Watchmen. I had a guy pull a gun on me in Atlanta. I was witnessing to him. Undoubtedly, he didn't like the conversation, and he pulled a gun on me, okay? Um, it was interesting, uh, to say the least. Uh, welcome to Georgia, if you ever come visit. And, um, and, um, but I knew, because I had already thought about it. I live, in a bit, I live in a little bit of a rough area. And I already had thought this situation out. But I, I firmly believe there's not a bullet on planet Earth that can touch me until God says it can touch me. So I don't have to worry about things like this. I can't take a last breath until God is. But the moment that last breath is snatched away, you get no more breaths here. Okay, if you sit here and you're not born again and saved, um, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today, 2 Corinthians 6. Can any one of you guarantee me you're going to wake up tomorrow morning? You can't guarantee it. Okay, you don't know. Okay, so that's why the Bible always says today is the day of salvation, okay, that you need to commit your life to Christ if you're not born again and saved, okay? Um, but, but I always remind lost people, you don't get a do-over. You don't get a mulligan. You don't get a second chance. One shot, crazy place called planet Earth. What are you doing with it, okay, before you stand in front of God? But you Christians in the room, guess what? You don't get a do-over either. Is there a second judgment for Christians, yes or no? After judgment, is there a second judgment for Christians, yes or no? The answer is yes. Okay? 2 Corinthians 5. There's something called the Bema Seat Judgment. You'll be judged on all the works you did after you got born again and saved. You better believe there's a judgment for you. Okay? Wood, hay, and stubble burned up by fire and gone. Gold, precious stones, and silver rewarded for all of eternity. Okay? Think about this. Christians here, you don't get a do-over either. You don't get a mulligan. You don't get a second chance. If you don't live it for God, and that was Kyle was talking about, if you don't go for it for God, you're going to regret it the moment it's the beam of seat judgment. Okay? And all I know is if that guy there that died on the cross for all of my wicked, evil sins wants to give me anything, I want that. Okay? I want that because it's got to be something special if he's handing it out. Okay? Think about that for a second. But you don't get a do-over either as time is scooting by and going by, and you're all focused on a trip you're going to take in a week, and yet you don't even know the souls, the women at the well you're going to meet in the next week, okay? The people you're going to cross, a Saul that's going to become a Paul sometime soon. You don't even know you're crossing these paths yet, and you're going to cross that path, and are you going to do something eternal in that person's life, or are you going to leave it temporary and not have that eternal conversation and do that, okay? Um, question for you. Uh, give me a verbal response, okay? Do you believe hell is a real place? So you believe hell is an actual real place that people can really go to for all of eternity, yes or no? Okay, if you believe that and you have to hold that position with a biblical worldview, you have to hold it, that means then you can never ask yourself the question, how can I share my faith with this person? The only question you ask, how can I not share my faith with this person? We ask the wrong question. It's not how I can witness to Larry, uh, the Delta pilot who sat next to me coming into Shreveport yesterday. It's how could I not take the time to share with him about Jesus Christ? It wasn't how I could witness to Chelsea, my waitress, last night at a restaurant I was at. It's how could I not take the time to witness? Does that make sense? Change the whole question. It's not how can I, it's how can I not do that, all right? You've heard about uh, near-death experiences where people flatline and see white lights and tunnels, yes or no? Okay. During my times of witnessing and meeting people, I have now met 29 different people who flatlined who saw the hell experience and not the heaven experience. Okay? You have to understand how real this is. I played college basketball years ago with uh, Charles Barkley at Auburn years ago. His younger brother flatlined. End of his saw a lake of fire he said he could literally feel the intense heat from. Ever heard of a lake of fire before, folks? Matthew 25, book of Revelation. I've had more people tell me they see this lake of fire, this intense heat coming off it. This isn't a game. This is very, very serious business when you take your last breath without the Lord Jesus Christ. A nurse told me she had a patient flatlining, start screaming, two demons in the corner coming to get me. Please don't let me die. No, no, no. Grabbing at the sheets of the bed. She turns and looks. She sees nothing. Lady is screaming so loud inside this hospital room. The next room over was a preacher, another woman. Heard the commotion, came bolting in the room, looked in the corner. They also said they saw the same two demons. Three people said they physically saw these with their eyes. Now, that's what you call corroborating evidence, okay? Because the white light could be the light above us as our brain shuts down, correct? That's what the white light could be. When other people in the room can see the same thing, you have to give us a lot more credence, okay? I said, what happened? She said, the lady kept grabbing at the bed. Don't let me die. Don't let me die. No, 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 no. Shh. 
flatlines and dies. Uh, the nurse looks back at the bed where the woman was grabbing with the sheets, cuts through the sheets with her nails. Whatever she saw scared the living daylights out of her. We had two uh, EMTs pull a guy out of a car, pumping on his chest. He's screaming, fire, fire, flames, flames, flames. There's no fire. Car's not on fire. He's not on fire. They're just EMTs. They just keep working on the guy. Fire, fire, flames, flames, flames. Flat lines and dies. Both EMTs, both atheists, both said they could smell a burning sulfur smell as the man flatlined and died. Both will tell you it was supernatural. Both will tell you it was hell. They never believed it existed until that day. Listen to me. This, this is serious business. Okay? If you die without the Lord Jesus Christ, you're rejecting his mercy that endureth forever, just like you said up here. Okay? You accept the wrathful side of God. But if you're a believer, you shouldn't want anybody to experience that. Is that correct? Yeah, you should have such a caring in your heart for people that you wouldn't want someone to experience it for five seconds, let alone for eternity. Um, the craziest story of all, I met a woman one time at a breakfast buffet at the hotel in Cincinnati one time. I'm chit-chatting with this lady. She said, I have to tell you a story. She said, my husband flatlined and died. They paddled. Nothing worked. He died. Pulled all the wires out, wheeled him off in a gurney, left him in a hallway. He's dead. Okay. Fifteen minutes later, whoop, he sits up on the gurney fifteen minutes later. Okay? I told this to an Army medical doctor in the Atlanta airport. His eyes got big. He said, nothing helped. I said, nothing helped. Because four and a half minutes, your brain's what? Yeah, it's history. It's toast. Uh, completely fine. Lived years later. Okay? Told his wife he went down a dark tunnel. I have heard this from more than one person. Not this white light, dark tunnel. Vapor fog. Could see and hear people screaming in this fog. People who come back from the hell experience is one of the things they almost always, that stays with them are the screams they hear. They can't get the screams out of their head that they heard the people in hell doing that, okay? Think about that for a second. Down, down, down. All of a sudden, shoo, two hands of light grabbed him. Told his wife later he knew it was Jesus, the light of the world had shown up. I have heard this from more than one person. They didn't think it was Jesus, hope it was Jesus, might have, should have, could have been Jesus. They knew it was Jesus Christ, okay? Do you know the right answer, cross point, is Jesus Christ? Do you know that, okay? Yes or no, okay? The only hope for Stephen F. Austin is Jesus Christ, do you know this? The only hope for Texas is Jesus Christ? The only hope for America is Jesus Christ, yes? Okay? The hope for America is not a black president, not a white president, not a new president, not a different president. It's not the economy going good. The hope for America is Jesus Christ. If you sit here as born-again believers in Jesus Christ, you literally have the answer for an entire 310 million person country. And how in the world can you keep that answer to yourself when people so desperately need that truth? Think about that for a second grabbed him, pulled him up, 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 hit the top of the tunnel. That's when he sat up on the gurney 15 minutes later. She told me, she asked her husband the question, honey, what was the worst part of that experience? And you think it's anything I just mentioned, uh, not what the man said. The man said the worst part of the experience was, ready for this? He couldn't bring anybody out of there with him. Oh my, my, remember the account of rich man and Lazarus, Luke 16? Once judgment is set, heaven or hell, you shall be there forever and ever and ever, and there's no what? Crossing over from one side to the other. So one, are you sure you're born again and saved? Are you sure? Because can you fake people out, yes or no? Yes, you can fake people out on salvation. The Bible says test yourself, examine yourself, prove that you have the faith. This isn't a game, okay? Know what you believe, okay? Then two, if you're born again and saved, who are you bringing with you to a place called heaven? You have no biblical right to go to heaven by yourself. Matter of fact, you have the biblical command to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Why? Because every person in San Francisco needs Jesus Christ. But everybody at Stephen F. Austin needs what? Jesus Christ, you see? So once I know everybody in the world needs Jesus Christ, this is fun now, okay, because I can go out and talk to these people because you're going to meet believers. You encourage them to be radically bold, sold out for God. Lost people, you're about to get the best piece of information you ever had in your entire life. I don't know which direction to go until I start talking a little bit, okay? So that's what you do. But once you know time is precious and it's scooting by, you want to use that time wisely, correct? Seniors, raise your hand up. Seniors? Four years go quick, yes or no? It's crazy. It's crazy. I remember at Auburn, you walked this one path from the athletic dorm through the woods to the 
main academic building called Haley Center. I was walking that path as a freshman. I'm walking the same path as a senior, and I stopped. I said, where did four years just go? Literally that quick and gone. I turned 51 in a couple weeks. If you can explain where 50 years have just gone, I will write a book on it. I don't know where it went, though, so I don't have no, no material for it. It's gone. It's 50 years has just gone that quick, okay? And so what are you doing with your time that has eternal value? Okay, that's what we're going to talk about tonight as we open up the scriptures. But when it comes to witnessing, we have to do more than talk about it. We need to what? Just do it, okay? Just do it. Get in a conversation. We're going to show you tonight how easy and simple that really is and do that, okay? But if you have that desire to do that, trust me, God will use you in a big-time way. And I don't have to wait for San Francisco, right? He can use you at a restaurant last night. I already have an email from a customer at the restaurant I ate at last night, okay? Got into a conversation, and she was running from church, had some bad experiences, okay? But you know what? My Bible says, I, as God, will never leave you, and I will never, what? Forsake you as well, okay? We may run, but he ain't running from us, okay? So sometimes I have to repent and come right back and do that, okay? Let's pray as we open up our Bibles. Father, thank you so much. for a good chance to be here. Uh, thanks for a chance to see Kyle again, and thank you for his growth as a young man into a rock-solid man of God. It uh, makes it all worthwhile when you see it, because you invest in a lot of lives. You don't always get to see the fruit, but we always know what the right thing is to do. So, Father, um, as I tell part of my story tonight, um, really hit these college kids hard, 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 what they can do for you uh, here during their four years and anywhere they go beyond this place. So, Father, we thank you for that, and we do. And we ask it in the great name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, amen, okay? All right, grab your Bibles. We're going to go to the Old Testament, okay? So um, if you don't have your Bible with you, there's one in the pew in front of you, um, or half of you anymore, have them on your what? Your phones, that's right. So if you go to your phones, stay off Facebook and all the other stuff. Just do your Bible. So we're going to go Old Testament. We're going to go to the book of Ezekiel, okay? We're going to go to Ezekiel. So if you open up your Bible in the middle, what will you hit? Open your Bible. If you break your phone in the middle, what, what book would you hit? Book of Psalms, very good, okay, and then go, to the new, go towards the New Testament, you're going to hit some big, big books, Isaiah, Jeremiah, looking for Ezekiel, and Ezekiel 33, okay. Okay, Ezekiel 33, and we're going to start in verse 1, so Ezekiel 33. And verse 1, okay? Now, is it okay not to know where something's at in the Bible? Yeah, totally fine, okay? You ask the person next to you, um, you fumble around until you find it. I never owned a Bible till college. Someone gave me one in college, okay? And when they gave it to me in college, I didn't know where anything was at. I had never owned one. I was so thankful God wrote a table of contents uh, so I could find anything. I, I mean, literally, I'm the most lost puppy in the world, okay? I'm fumbling through, I don't know, but I just kept going to that table of contents. But eventually, once you stick your nose in there enough, you'll figure where things are out and do that. So never feel uncomfortable. Ask the person next to you, but never feel uncomfortable when you're getting into the Word of God, okay? Um, Ezekiel 33, verse 1. Again, the Word of the Lord came unto me, saying, okay, the number one way you get the word of the Lord in 2013 is what? Is what? Reading the Bible. This is the number one way you get the word of the Lord in 2013. Be very, very careful in the days to come. The Bible says in the days to come there's going to be false Christs, false prophets, and false teachers. Those are all false religious people. Be much more concerned about religious folk than non-religious folk in the days to come. Because typically with religious folk, you take your guard and you drop your guard, and that's when the false teaching gets in. Okay, so one thing I challenge people all the time is guards up. Put your guards up tonight, okay? Most of you have never met me before, okay? So make sure your guard is up. You test everything I say against the Word of God. Can I get off base biblically, yes or no? Can Pastor Kyle get off base biblically, yes or no? Yes, we're just human. We can, okay? Um, but one of my prayers all the time, is I just was praying it this week, actually, Father, do not let me be deceived. So, Father, I will not deceive other people, okay? Because I know I have a platform in what I do with my books and talking and speaking and all that stuff, okay? Um, but wait, every one of us in this room has a platform, correct? Yes, who's a parent here? Who's a parent? Okay, who plans to be or wants to be a parent one day? How about that? Okay, there we go. Okay, I needed some more hands up. Um, do you know when you become a parent, you have the most powerful 
job, an important job on planet Earth, you can mold and shape the heart of a child into a warrior for the Lord Jesus Christ? Oh, the President of the United States, most powerful man on planet Earth, give me a break. All he can do is press a button and send missiles everywhere, okay? What's up with that, okay? You can change the heart. You can change the heart of somebody by how you raise your child one day. Think about that, okay? But I don't want to deceive people. So guards up. The Bible says in the end of days, an antichrist is going to show up. Christ means anointed one. Anti doesn't always mean against. and also, It also can mean in place of. So it's going to be somebody in place of the anointed one. Who is the anointed one? Jesus Christ. It's going to be a false Jesus Christ. It also says in Thessalonians that this false Jesus Christ is going to do lying signs and wonders. Now, we use a different word for signs and wonders. What do we normally say? Miracles, right. So he's going to come on the scene, do all these miracles, and people are going to follow him, and he's going to lead them away from the true biblical Jesus. But because I read and study my Bible, Deuteronomy 13 has already told me I, as God, may send you a miracle worker one day, right in front of your eyes, just to test you. Would you still follow me as God, or will you follow these miracles and head away from me and do that? Because the Bible says we walk by faith, not by, because your eyes can lie to you. Is that correct? Your eyes can lie to you. Oh, that girl can look so good. That guy can be so handsome, and you can walk down that road, and that road can destroy you. Is that correct? You can chase a dollar bill, and I, why not quicker if I just go to the casino, okay? And then I can get it quick, and all of a sudden you were deceived by that, and it can destroy, yes or no, destroy you? How many lottery winners, when you read the studies, they will tell you they wish they would have never won the lottery? It caused more trouble than they ever had before. Life was simple before. Got a few nickels and everybody wanted them, okay? Life was simple, but we're careful, okay? All right, now go to verse 2. Watch where we go. Son of man, speak unto the children of thy people and say unto them, when I bring a sword upon the land and the people of the land take a man off their coast and set them as their watchman. Now, the key word tonight, when you walk out the door, is watchman. Have that word stuck in your head and know what the word means, okay? And we'll explain it to you. Three, if when he sees the sword come upon the land, he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood will be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning. His blood shall be upon him. He that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. Now watch verse six. But if the watchman sees the sword come and blows not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. All right, here's the picture. Back in the day, you didn't have CNN and Fox News and satellites and drones, so you, uh, you built a wall around your city, and you chose someone to stand up on the wall. They had a very simple job looking the distance. That's all their job was. And when they saw an army come to the rise, they'd pull the trumpet out and blow the trumpet and warn the people in the city trouble was coming. They'd see a big dust cloud. They knew that'd be horses or chariots, so they'd pull the trumpet out and blow the trumpet and warn the people in the city trouble was coming. Now, was it the watchman's job to go down the ladder, go in the city, and put everyone's armor, Uzis, knives, and staves on? Was that their job? No. See trouble coming, pull the trumpet out, blow the trumpet, warn people trouble's coming. Okay, let's say we, let's say we did the same thing. Let's say we built a roll around... Is it Nacogdoches? Was I close? I can't pronounce it right. I always keep saying Nacogdoches, but that's the one in Louisiana. And uh, Nacogdoches, is that right? Okay. We built a wall in Nacogdoches. We built a wall around your city because you and I both know we can't trust those people from Longview, correct? Okay. <laughs> I've been there more than once. I will never go back. And, uh, but we've been to Longview. Okay. So you, 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 you built a wall around your city, and you're choosing watchmen to stand up on the wall. Now, is this an important job, yes or no? Done incorrectly can cost everybody in the city its life. Very important job, okay? So raise some hands and pretend it's like a classroom. I used to be a school teacher, okay? So raise some hands. What are certain qualities you'd want in any watchman you would ever choose to stand up on that wall to protect your city? Pop some hands and what are certain qualities? Young man? Okay, alert, paying attention. This can't be lazy folk job, right? Because if he's lazy at 3 a.m., and that's when the enemy comes, we're all in trouble in the city. Very good point. What's another quality you would look for, okay? Yes, ma'am? A loyalty, huge, huge. Can I trust you? When we were in China a few years ago, we were sneaking Bibles and stuff. We were playing, kind of playing James Bond. It was kind of fun. And so in different areas of China, um, 
in the house churches, they will take the police. Uh, they're called the PSB. I think it's Police State Bureau. We call them greenies because they always wear green long coats in the winter. But they would take one of the guys and he'd join a house church. Come in, read the Bible. So, oh God, my mighty God, sing something. Raise his hands up, hang out for eight months. Get everybody's name and address. Disappear. Later that week, all the police come in and arrest everybody in the house church. So he wasn't loyal, wasn't trustworthy, okay? Um, that's why the Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be what? No. Listen to me, young people. If your word is good, you're good. God can use you. If your word is no good, you are no good. God cannot use you. Now, I'm big on encouragement. If your word hasn't been good, that's okay. Today is a new day, right? Can I repent of that and get back on track? Yep. I'm worried about how you finish the race. I'm not worried about this and how you finish down there. Good point. Okay, hands up. What's another quality you'd want in any watchman? Son, young man? Uh, good eyesight. This is very important because if you know anything about war, it could be a friendly army. And if you blow the trumpet three or four times for a friendly army and the people get ready, when you finally blow it for the real enemy, they, won't, they think it's a false alarm again, you see? So that's a good point, good eyesight and understanding a friendly versus enemy. That's very good, actually, okay? What's another quality you'd want in any watchman you would choose, sir? Okay, bold. See, you need someone strong and courageous like Joshua, right? You want him up there because you don't want him up there and he sees the enemy come. He's like, okay, all right, what if I'm wrong? It's 1 a.m. Dad is going to be ticked off if I wake him up this evening with this trumpet, okay? And I don't know. I, no, I'm not. No. See, Galatians 1.10 says, are you here to please men or are you here to please who? God. And what the whole point is, make a decision. Now, think about all those qualities. Shouldn't Christians have all those qualities, yes or no? Think about that. Uh, all those qualities that watch me have, we should have. And if, see, a lot of times what we want as Christians is for God to give me favor when I'm given 50% effort. And it doesn't fly that way. We Christians set the standard. Public school teachers ask me all the time, how can I witness in a public school? I said, easy. I said, be the, be the best teacher in the school. Principals will never get rid of who? Their best teacher. They don't have enough of them. Okay, I have a friend in Toronto. He's a Korean friend. And he, um, he witnesses to all his clients. He sells oil. One of the clients complained to his boss. Boss called him in. Come on, man, you can't be witnessing to your clients. Come on, man, we've talked about this before. Well, he said, I'm a Christian, man. That's what I do. If I'm breathing, I'll sell oil, but I talk about Jesus as well. Oh, he's the number two salesman in the entire company. Uh, was he okay? Yeah, he was just fine. Yeah, he was fine. They weren't getting rid of him. He sells too much oil, okay? But God gives you favor. So don't try to give 50% effort and want God to give you favor. Does that make sense? So you athletes here, you're always on time for practice. You always volunteer for drills. You're always encouraging other players. And watch God give you favor from that. Okay, now go to verse 7 and watch where the whole thing changes in verse 7. So thou, O son of man... I have set thee as a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, a wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will require at thine your hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he does not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Okay. Now watch 10. Therefore, O thou son of man, speak unto the house of Israel, thus she speaks, saying, If our transgressions and our sins be upon us, and we pine away, we rot away in them, how should we then live? Say unto them, As I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways. Why will you die, O house of Israel? Beginning of 11. Say unto them, As I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in in the death of the wicked. It's not a good day for God when Adolf Hitler takes his last breath and dies and goes to hell. It was not what God created him for. It's not a good day for God when Idi Amin and Pol Pot and Joseph Stalin and Lenin, all these dictators, take a last breath and die and go to hell. It was not what God created them for. It's not a good day if you take a last breath um, and your famous song was, I did it my way. And you stand in front of God. The moment you die and you meet God for the very first time, face to face, you're going to know very quickly you better have done it what? Better have done it what? His way. Or you wasted your entire life. Okay? 
Um, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs uh, sold one of his companies for $400 million. Steve Jobs sold one of his companies for $8 billion. I have not mentioned Apple yet. My Bible's as clear as a bell. What does it profit a man if he gains what? The whole world, yet what? Loses his soul. Terrible, terrible trade-off. When Steve Jobs died, um, at that moment, there were 16 billion songs downloaded off of iTunes. How many of those songs do you think glorified the God that he stood in front of on that day? Think about that for a second. Um, the books I wrote, The Watchman and uh, One Thing You Can't Do in Hell, will teach you how to witness, how to get in conversations. Last year, I'm in the Detroit airport, and I'm walking on a train with a guy, and he has the Steve Jobs autobiography. He's just holding it in his hand. So I reached over, I just tapped his book. I said, what do you think? He said, absolutely one of the meanest men I have ever read about in my life. Steve Jobs was well-known for firing people on the spot, well-known for it. He was well-known for making people work Christmas. Now, he wasn't a Christian, but that's still family time, even if it's, if it's not, okay? Um, Steve Jobs was well-known for stealing other, stealing other people's ideas and putting them into his products, well-known for it. Thou shall not steal, yeah. What's the symbol for Apple? Apple with a bite out of it. Where's the only place in all of recorded history you see a piece of fruit with a bite out of it? Where? That's the book of Genesis. That has been a symbol of rebellion against God for thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years. Yet that's the symbol he chose. Okay, why not a whole apple? Why not the word apple? Why not an apple tree? I travel for a living. Applebee's is redoing all their stores and their awnings. Do they put apples with the bites out of them up there? No, it's a whole apples all across the awnings and stuff like that. Okay, why? How did he even choose the name Apple? Anyone know how he chose the name Apple? Anyone know? He got into a certain musical group. Do you know the musical group? Got into the Beatles. That's exactly right. And they were put together by Apple Records. So that's how he got the name Apple for it, okay? Uh, Steve Jobs was into what religious faith? Anyone know? Uh, not Buddhism. Yeah, Hinduism. Okay, Hinduism, okay. And um, how did anyone know how he got into Hinduism? He got into a certain musical group. You know what the musical group is? Uh, I just told you, class, a couple of seconds ago. Very good, Beatles. Thank you, class. And uh, yeah, the Beatles, okay? And the Beatles got into Hinduism when they made some journeys over into uh, India and stuff, and they end up getting it. And that's actually how Steve Jobs got into Hinduism. Listen to me, young people. If you don't think music has power, you're crazy. You're absolutely crazy. Ask yourself a question, just a very simple one. When you look at your iPod, okay, do you have more Christian music on it or more secular music on it? Okay? Ask yourself a question because what you support with your money is where your life is going. I will guarantee you that one. Okay? I'm on a plane flight last year out of Jacksonville, Florida, military, Navy guy. Strong Christian. Really had a good faith. He had a good deep faith. He was a young guy too, but a strong faith. I liked him. Had an iPod. I said, hey, your iPod. Uh, more Christian music, more secular music. Which one? He said, 100% secular rap. I said, can I give you a piece of advice? He said, sure. I said, if I were you, I'd take that iPod, go find the nearest trash can you can find, drop it in there, and get on with your life. Okay? Because if you don't think that music can't hook you and begin to walk you away from God, you're crazy. I have seen this so many times in people's lives. Careful. Careful. Okay, what you feed yourself is what you become. Okay, and if you feed with the world, the world will come out of you. If you feed your stuff with godly stuff, that'll come out of you as well and do that, okay? Um, but I do know of a man who witnessed and shared Jesus Christ with Steve Jobs. He worked for him. Walked in his office one day, sat down and shared Jesus Christ across his desk with Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs wanted nothing to do with it, okay? Did that man do his job, yes or no? Yep, he pulled the trumpet out. He warned him, you need to search this out. And Mr. Jobs wanted nothing to do with it. When Steve Jobs died, the last two months of his life, he spent it all with his wife and kids because he made a huge mistake during his business career. He forgot to spend his time with his what? Wife and kids. Young people, don't you dare do this, okay? You men, be very careful, fellas, okay? Those kids go from zero to 18 in a hurry. 
Okay? Be very careful. You don't get a do-over as a parent. But if you haven't been doing it the way you want to, that's okay. Today's what? New day, back on track, okay? But be careful. Make sure you understand that young people, before you get married, spend that time. I used to teach in all boys' school. I never had one boy ever tell me, Mr. Cahill, I spend way too much time with my dad. Never had any boy, but I had boy after boy say, Mr. Cahill, I don't spend enough time with my father, okay? Think about that, but you can do something about that, right? When Steve Jobs died, um, his wife, his sister came out one week later and told the story of what happened. He said goodbye to everybody in his family, he looks over their heads. He's looking out in the distance. And he said, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. Flatlined and died. He saw something before he died. Um, I don't think those were good oh, wows, but he saw something, okay? But the question is, who witnessed to him? And a man did do that. See, as a watchman, that's what your job is. You can't always convince somebody of something, but our job is to warn people. When that tornado siren goes off, aren't you glad? Yep, I just spoke in Parkersburg, Iowa. Do you remember the high school coach, Coach Thomas, that was shot and killed by his, one of his players? It was a big thing on ESPN. I just spoke at a big benefit for him in uh, Parkersburg, Iowa. What I forgot was two years earlier, a tornado came through and wiped out half the town. I, didn't, I totally had forgotten this part of it, okay? They rebuilt the town, rebuilt the sacred acre, the football field, and then two years later, he was shot and killed by one of his players and stuff like that, okay? So when the warning comes, you're glad you heed the warning, okay? So remember that as Christians, we blow the trumpet, warn people, trouble's coming. One of the girls we had at a camp one summer, she made a commitment for one straight year, I'm gonna do nothing to dishonor the Lord Jesus Christ for one straight year. Whew, that a big commitment or what, okay? Wow, this girl goes to Purdue University. She's in a classroom, Purdue, a junior, 300 students. The professor gives the assignment um, we have a boat that's sinking, and on the boat are 40 people, tall people, short people, normal people, mentally retarded people, whatever these terms mean, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, Hindu, Buddhist, atheist, Roman Catholic, uh, evangelical Christian, and you have to choose a lifeboat. There's a lifeboat that holds 10 people. You have to decide who on that lifeboat, who on the boat gets a lifeboat and is going to be saved. Okay, raise your hand if you've ever done this assignment before, if you've ever done it before. Okay, you have? Yeah, I, I mean, sometimes I do audiences that have never, I did this in high school. I remember this assignment in high school, okay? Now, do you see the first problem? The first problem is they eliminate the biblical worldview. Couldn't you pray for another ship to come by and save all 40 people? Sure you could. Why couldn't you do that? But see, they eliminate that. But what they're trying to get you to do, okay, is you decide who's valuable and who's not valuable. Okay? She raises her hand up in front of 300 students in a profession. Does that take us to raise your hand up in a classroom like that? Oh, yeah. Courageous, right? Courageous. Professor, yes, ma'am? Um, she said, I can't do this assignment. He said, why can't you do this assignment? He said, because of my belief in God, every single person in that boat has the exact same value. True statement? True statement, Genesis 1, we're all made in the image of God. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in the eyes of Almighty God. Young people, when you look in the mirror, do not look in the mirror to see what you want to change. Thank God that he has designed you just like that, that height, that, that hair, that face, those eyes. No, okay, you are fearfully and wonderfully made in the eyes of the Most High God, and don't you dare buy the lies of this world, okay? Never forget that. That keeps you built up every day when you think that way, and you don't buy what the world's trying to sell, Okay? Um, said, I can't do this assignment because everyone in the boat has the exact same value. Professor said, if you can't do this assignment, he said, you can stand up right now and get out of this classroom. What'd she do? She got up, walked down, and walked out the side, and the professor said, don't you ever come back to this class again. Gone. Monday, Wednesday, Friday class, that was Monday, welcome to your new week. And uh, so when Wednesday rolled around, big buzz in the classroom, what was the buzz about? Yeah, would she come back or not? Okay, well, she comes back, sits in her seat. Professor comes in, stands here, sees her. Excuse me, did I not tell you not to come back to this class? She said, yes, you did, but I need this class to graduate. He said, okay. Your name is so-and-so, is it not? And a lot of people don't know this, but you know this. In the big classes, we're, we're numbers, right? Yeah, we're just numbers. Listen to me. You're not numbers. The Bible says there's names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Names are important. My waitress was Chelsea last night. Okay, I learn people's names because names are important. Larry was the guy who sat next to me on the plane flight. Okay, um, I just uh, witnessed to a convicted murderer in a prison two weeks ago, Dee Dee. Uh, she, she's convicted for murder. 
but she's, she's wrestling with the topic of God. I learn people's names. You're not numbers. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're very important in the eyes of the Most High God. So names, learn names. Learn the janitor's names. Learn other people's names, okay? I had a waitress the other day who said, I can't believe you remembered my name. I forgot it now, but at the time I knew it, and uh, I totally <laughs> forgot it. And, uh, but, but she was, just, because that's important to me when I travel to learn someone's name and do that. He said, your name is so-and-so, is it not? She said, yes, it is. He said, I've been studying you ever since Monday. Ooh, interesting. When you make your stand for God, will people check you out, yes or no? Oh, they'll check you out. Okay, they're looking. Our lives need to tighten up some sometimes, don't they? Yeah, they need to tighten up. Okay, because people are checking. When I say Jesus, they're watching. Okay. I've been studying you ever since Monday. You're a junior here at Purdue University, are you not? She said, yes, I am. He said, you have a 4.0 here at Purdue University, do you not? She said, yes, I do. Always give our best everywhere we go. And if C's are your best, that's okay. I was a teacher. I know if that's your best. I can tell. Okay, and I had a student, one of Luke Smith, straight C student. That's okay. His brothers were A students. He wasn't. I, that was Luke. Okay, that was his best, and I knew it was. I had no problem with it. Okay, so remember, you know what it is. Give your best. He said, you're up for this huge scholarship here at Purdue, and you will not get this scholarship if you do not pass this class. She said, no, I will not. He said, you're willing to risk all of that for this God that you believe in? She said, what? Yes, I am. Professor said, true story. Anybody that believes in their God that much, we need to hear from. You're going to come down here right now. You're going to stand behind this podium right here. You're going to teach this class for the next 55 minutes about this God that you believe in. This is a true story. She came down, walked forward, dropped her backpack in there, put down her what? Had her Bible. She taught that class for 55 minutes about the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. Now, if God had that opportunity for you tomorrow in class, could you do it? Okay. Think about that. She would have never had the opportunity if she wouldn't have made the first stand. And when she made the first stand, God honored that, okay? And then she blew the trumpet and warned those people in that classroom who Jesus Christ was and why you need to be born again and saved. Do you think anyone in that class will ever forget that lady, yes or no? I still remember 30 years ago at Auburn, a guy on the back row, anthropology class, and he, and he starts witnessing to the professor, and he brings the Bible, and the professor, don't you bring the Bible in this discussion. They go 10 minutes, and I'm a lost kid. This is fascinating. I'm loving every minute. And they're just going back and forth, man. This is awesome. I loved it. 30 years later, I remember nothing that professor taught me. I remember there was a bold kid who stood up for his God right on that wall right over there. Never forget that kid. See, boldness speaks, and when they see that, okay? And so are you doing that? But she blew the trumpet. She warned the people trouble was coming. Their choice, what they do with the warning. Okay, I was, um, anyone like, who likes sports? Anyone like sports? You ever heard of uh, Albert Pujols, the baseball player? Okay, I'm actually friends with Albert Pujols. He, uh, he read one of my books, his people caught up, I'd like to meet you, so we became friends. And uh, so I was in Atlanta, Georgia, going to meet him. They played the Braves in baseball, so I was going up the hotel to meet him for lunch. As I walk up to the hotel to meet him for lunch, standing in front of the hotel was uh, Kanye West. You heard of Kanye West before? Okay, so... I have a choice to make. Do I go meet Mr. Pujols right on time or do I go over and meet Mr. West and hang out with his posse, get his posse with him and stuff, okay? Uh, which direction did I walk? Yeah, I walked towards Kanye. Now, um, <laughs> Albert, Albert's a friend of mine and I'm not late for things. You're not late for stuff. But if I'm running late for anything, it's because I'm witnessing to somebody and he knows that. And, uh, but I was right on, really had a couple minutes there. So I said, let me walk. Now, as I walk over to Mr. West, am I getting nervous, yes or no? Yeah, I can feel, I can feel my little heartbeat, little beads of sweat sometimes. But sometimes that's a good thing because you know something exciting is about to go down. You just know it, okay? And that's the same thing in sports. You don't want to not be sweating when it comes to sports. You want to be talk to a stranger. Sometimes they can release, okay? You help them and then, they, and then they can move on and you don't see them again from that point and do that, okay? Watch what happened. Joe, if you feel comfortable, can you tell me what happened? All of a sudden he put his head down, bobbing his head up and down, complete total silence. You ever had that awkward silence in a conversation? Okay, it's never as long as you think it is, okay? This was a long one, though. It was long. And I'm sitting over here. I have no clue where this is going. All of a sudden, he pulls his head up. He looks at me. He said, okay. He said, a stalker came after my daughter. We had to get the police involved. He said, the stalker came after my wife. We had to get the police involved, okay? He said, the stalker broke the restraining order and was arrested and thrown into juvenile ten detention center. He was a 17-year-old boy. Can 17-year-olds do wicked things? Evil, wicked things. 
Think about that. Are you reaching into the 17-year-old crowd? Are you reaching the teenagers today? Because if you're not, Satan is. Okay? If you want to go witness, go where Satan's working hard, go right in the middle of it. Because light shines a whole lot better right in the middle of what? Darkness. Take it right there and do that. Okay? He said one morning he woke up at 5 a.m. His daughter let out a blood-curdling scream at 5 a.m. He comes running out of the bedroom. The stalker is standing in the middle of his house with a rifle in the middle of his house. He shot out the sliding glass door and came in the middle of his house. Okay? So think about it. You just woke up 5 a.m., <clears throat> fuzzy head, daughter screaming, 10 to 15 feet away, gunman in your house, and you know who he is. Okay? Think about that. What would you do if that occurred? What would you do? Okay? Young men only, raise some hands up, gunman in your house, 10 or 15 feet away. What would you do? Young men, raise some hands up. Tell me what you would do. Okay, hands down. Hands down. Okay, I have two hands up. Young ladies, here's a good piece of advice for you. Please marry nobody in this room, okay? <laughs> I'm just going to recommend this to you because I care about your future, okay? And I'm dead serious about this. Do you know what's interesting? I, I speak to some of the military around the country, around Japan as well, the world. And you know what's interesting? Sometimes you'll see ladies migrate towards military bases and date the biggest pagan on planet Earth as long as they know that man will what? Protect them. I've seen it a million times. Careful. Okay, young men, raise your hand up. Gunman in your house, 10 or 15 feet away. What would you do, young man? Okay, shoot him, okay? We're in Texas, right? Okay, yeah. And uh, uh, we are dropping him to the ground, okay? Castle law, okay? Now, if you ever study Judaism, though, if you would drop him to the ground, that's never considered murder. It's stopping murder. See? Because if he'll do that to your family, he'll do it to the next family, the next, and the next, okay? But your wife and kids come first, okay? We'll deal with that stuff afterwards, whatever goes down, okay? Hands up. What would you do? Gunman in your house. Sir? Okay, you don't want to kill him. You just want to just wound him at him, let him kneel in front of you, and then talk to him. Okay, good. Anything else you would do? Anything else, young men? So this group is just going to shoot everybody that gets in your house and nothing else. Could prayer work? We had a situation in Atlanta, husband, wife in a hotel room, gunman breaks in, gun, um, said uh, the, two, the husband and wife dropped straight to their knees, began to pray to God, God, don't let this man die. Don't let this man die. He has a gun and you're on your knees. What are you talking about here, okay? He is not ready to meet you. Do not let this man die. Uh, gunman said, oh, no, these are these crazy Christians. Out the door and gone. Whole thing over with just like that. Prayer works, yay? Joe's not a believer. I said, Joe, what'd you do? He said, I rushed that kid. Ran right towards him. Two bullets to the stomach. I said, what'd you do, Joe? He said, I kept going. Tackled him. Uh, they're wrestling on the ground. He said, it was extremely bloody. The young man slips out of his hands, uh, takes off out of the house. The police catch him at the end of the street. He's laying on the floor in his house. He said, wait a minute. He said, where's my wife at? He gets up. He goes to the front door, opens the front door. His wife is laying face down in the snow, shot and killed. Um, the gunman was waiting behind the bushes, shot and killed the wife, came to the back of the house, and that's how the rest of it played out. Joe looked at me and said, Mark, I have a question for you. Remember, conversations always go what? Both directions. But this is a good point, because even if I can't answer his question, we're still okay, because he's still trusting me with this. He's feeling comfortable, and that's okay. He literally said, Mark, how can there be a God with my wife who is dead and this man who's alive in a prison? Oh, how, how can there be a God? Legitimate question? Oh, big time legitimate question. We start talking back. He had all these really neat questions, and you and I have all these really neat what? Answers, okay? Back and forth, great. I finally said, Joe, do you like to read? He said, uh, no, I don't. So I gave him one of my books, and um, <laughs> I don't give up easy. And uh, when we get into Wichita, Kansas, he's 55 pages into the book. He didn't like to read, okay? He said, man, this has really helped me answer my questions. Oops, there we go again. He's got what? questions. We have answers. That's why I want to talk to people. I love these conversations, okay? Shook my hand, thanked me for the conversation twice. Now, see, think about that. You think everyone's going to reject you when you're going to have people thanking you for taking the time to talk to them in San Francisco. 
at Stephen F. Austin, at Daytona Beach, wherever you go, okay? Think about that for a second, okay? Then he looked at me and said, oh, by the way, uh, Mark, he said, um, this happened 20 years ago. The guy got a 30-year sentence, okay? I'm still, I have no peace because I'm wrestling on the inside because in 10 years, I'm worried about him what? Coming after who? His daughter that's still alive. See, he has no peace, so I shared with him the Prince of Peace, okay, because that's what they need is Jesus Christ. See, my job is just to blow the trumpet. Do you need to blow it loud at certain people? No, Joe's hurting. It was just, when he told the story, it was just like it happened when? Yesterday. Yeah, it was so obvious, and I couldn't believe he told me 20 years earlier when he said it at the end of the conversation. I was shocked, but to him, it was like it was yesterday. You just blow the trumpet light because you care about someone's soul and do that, okay? I wrote a book called One Thing You Can't Do in Heaven, and what's the one thing you can't do in heaven? witness to a lost person because why they won't be there that's exactly right so if we're ever going to reach them got to reach them where here when now okay that's what the book is all the basics on witness how do you break through the fear of rejection good questions to get started all my books are full of stories this book i got to witness to a satanist an atheist uh charles barkley's in there alex rodriguez in there michael jordan's in there why because i met him and if I meet somebody, I throw questions out. I don't ask for autographs and pictures. I throw questions out, okay, and watch what happens. I can't tell you the number of people I've met who have read this book, put it down, boldly share their faith in Jesus Christ. The new book's called The Watchman. It's all based on this talk, okay? Um, same thing, though, in this book here, the Joe story's in here with the, um, the stalker. Um, and here I got to witness to uh, Herschel Walker. Remember Herschel Walker, the great player with the Cowboys? Uh, and the Kanye West story's in here as well. So this one here, if you want encouragement to share your faith in Jesus Christ, this one will help you do that, okay? Um, and then the One Heartbeat Away book, this is geared for lost or saved, okay? But lost people love this book. How do you prove a God? How do you prove a Bible true? A whole chapter called The Flames, The Flames, what the Bible says about heaven or hell, and then some of those near-death experiences. We walk you right through the Ten Commandments, just leave you right at the cross, decide what you want to do. Uh, we've had atheists read this book, Become Born Again. Um, Muslims read this book, Become Born Again. A Catholic nun read the book, Became Born Again. Soldiers read this book, Become Born Again. Um, Jeff Foxworthy, the comedian, he called me up, ordered 20 of these one day. He read this book, said, you have got my wheels spinning. I need, I need 20 copies for all my buddies. Here's my number, here's my number. please get a hold of me. And he lives in Atlanta. So I went and met him and brought him some books because he's serious about, he's getting real serious about Jesus Christ, but he wants to be sure he reaches his buddies as well. Does that make sense? So if you care about your friends, put something in their hand uh, to do that. Then this book here, I got to witness to an atheist. Do you remember uh, Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby? Uh, he's in here. And uh, we, had an interesting, we had about a 30-minute talk in the airport one time. Very interesting guy. Um, Magic Johnson. But Tiger Woods in here as well. I was on a golf course one time with Tiger. We were walking. I said, Tiger, I always want to ask you a question. He said, go for it. I said, Tiger, I said, when you die? I said, what do you think's on the other side? What do you think's out there? And you walk out. Or he stops dead square in his tracks, stares at me and said, I don't know. And it struck up a 10 to 12 minute conversation. Because all the green jackets in the world can't satisfy you. All the money, all the ladies in the world can't satisfy you. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. You have the only answer for these people. What are you going to do with that answer and do that, okay? And then uh, we wrote these little mini books. Uh, they're on the tables where it'd be great to hand out to people when you witness them and do that, okay? So when you walk out, there's a table right there for you. And there's a table near the what? What happens afterwards? Okay, how many people came to hear, okay, how many people came for the food and not Mark Cahill? Just raise your hand. Be honest, I can handle it. I, come on, now someone's got to be in here. I was in, thank you, oh, Bo. Yeah. <laughs> you drove me here, don't do that to me. And uh, um, there's a table there. Uh, tonight, for you folks, uh, there's no charge for anything. Everything is free off the table. Um, so, the, so remember, to be a leader, you have to be a reader. To be a leader, you have to be a reader. You've got to soak your mind with good stuff so you open up your mouth and tell people, okay? Now, all three of the books have free study guides. So you can take your girls' group through it, your women's group, your men's group, take them through the books, okay, and then put it into practice and do that. Okay, does that make sense? Okay, now, I said there's no charge, but remember, that did cost me a lot of money to do that, but I did it for a very specific reason, okay? Because it was four of you who told who me about who? Jesus Christ, okay? I still don't know those four guys' GPAs. I don't think any of the two football players made All-American. I could care less. 
They love their Jesus enough to come tell this kid about Jesus Christ, and I want to encourage colleges all across America to be bold for God and Jesus Christ. So get as many as you need. Clean the tables off. If you need some more, we'll send some more up for Kyle and you guys, okay? Does that make sense? Okay. Time is precious. Scooting by. A lot of people died in this last hour. Okay. They're walking off into eternity. What are you going to do about it? Watch how simple this is. Anyone in here glad someone told you about Jesus? Anybody glad? Okay. Yeah. See, and are you going to return the favor and tell someone else about Jesus Christ? It's pretty simple. I can't wait to walk four steps. Because when I walk four steps, I'm back to regular mode. Okay? All the Bible is is one regular person telling another regular person about Jesus Christ. That's all the book is. Okay? And I can't wait to get back off the stage, get back where I belong, okay, and do this. Okay? As one guy told me the other day at a speaking event, one beggar telling another beggar where to find food. I liked that one. That was good. Okay, I like it. But that's simple. Don't put yourself in super apostle category. I can't be Mark. I can't be Paul. Forget that stuff. I'm not even worried about stuff. You're a regular person. In the book, The Watchman, there's a chapter called You Plus the Holy Spirit. You plus the Holy Spirit is a majority anywhere you go. Anywhere you go. If there was one of you in San Francisco or 20 of you in San Francisco, you plus the majority, uh, it plus the Holy Spirit is a majority in San Francisco. San Francisco has no clue what's showing up in a week. But the real question is, who's going to show up at Stephen F. Austin? Because you plus the Holy Spirit's a majority on that campus. And we know why a lot of people come to this campus, okay? I believe they come here to hear, the Lord Jesus, hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. Because even the crazy lives some of these people lead, guess what? There's zero satisfaction to it. Zero satisfaction, Okay? So step in life and give them hope, and that hope is in Jesus Christ alone. You may not see the fruit today. Don't even worry about that. Blow the trumpet. You may not see it till 25 years later in North Carolina. Okay? Your job is to be faithful. Okay? Time is precious. Okay? Use it very, very wisely in the days to come.